0: This is the Appliance Alliance Podcast, where we are elevating the appliance industry, one podcast at a time. Hi guys, and welcome to the Appliance Alliance Podcast. I am your host with the most equipment, Zach Ryder, owner of Gordon's Appliance Repair, and with me as always, my co-host, the man with a plan, he needs no introduction, yet I give him one every week, Mr. TK Cousins.
1: Hey, happy to be here and looking forward to... Uh Tonight's episode is going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, so this kind of breaks our normal uh, normal format. Um, one of the reasons why we really started the Appliance Alliance podcast was so that we could help to grow the appliance community, help to strengthen the appliance community, um, business owners, technicians, all that kind of stuff in between. And so today is kind of geared towards if you're running a company or if you help make the decisions at a company. Um, one of the biggest struggles I know... I know for myself, we went on a hunt for a software integration um, so we could get away from paperwork. Paperwork ate up my day, like ate up my day. Um, And so we went on a hunt and it's not the easiest thing in the world when you're first looking. Um, So we have with us today a very special guest. He is the CEO of Field Pulse. His name is Gabriel Pinchev. Did I say that right? all right cool i got it right um and so he's gonna he's gonna share with us <laughs> nailed it he's gonna share with us today a little bit about his company um and where the mindset for starting the company and uh wherever else our our minds take us um so gabriel i i want to start off with give me your elevator pitch i'm a contractor we're in an elevator And uh, we only got 30 seconds going to the next floor. So give me, give me your, your elevator pitch.
2: Sure. So field pulse is software for small service contractors. Uh, We particularly play in the small space. We, uh, most of our customers are either between one and 30 man companies. um, And typically on the small end and our bread and butter is easy to use, easy, easy to sign up and really get going and learn. Um, And at a, Price point that's very affordable for small businesses. Um, our software does job scheduling and dispatching, customer management, estimates, invoices, payments, employee timesheets, um, and really everything all in one, except for accounting, um, for small service contractors um, like appliance repair.
0: So TK, I believe you had a question for him.
1: I sure do. Um, so. Me personally, I am in invested pretty deeply in this current software that I'm with. Um, but there's also things about the software that I am not too happy with. Um, and one of the big things for me, and I guess one thing that I'm curious to learn from you, is how... Easy is it for someone who's already invested to a software, already has his customer base loaded into that software, already has, you know, his text trained up on that software. How is it how easy is it gonna be
2: for me and my company to switch over to Field Pulse? Sure. So um, it depends on what you're looking to pull over. Um, and it also depends on whether the current software provider you're with holds your data hostage or not. Uh, so, Field Pulse does not. We give you access to all your data you can export. Uh, while we have some competitors that intentionally don't, and we've actually had um, some people who can't leave because of that. But as long as you have access to your customer lists, your invoice items, um, your jobs, all of that we can help you import through a mass importing tool. Um, and I think we have the best support in the industry and will help you Um, as much as we can to, to get your data into the system. Um, And typically we do that for free.
0: That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Cause data is, is
1: like, that's an animal. (laughs) And how does someone who's with another organization or, or with another software, how do they know if they're like me personally, I'll be honest. I don't know if my current software does that? How would we, do we just call our local support and ask, hey, are you holding my information hostage?
2: Yeah, well, I wouldn't phrase it like that, but uh, <laughs> I think it depends on the application, how it's set up. So um, in Field Pulse, you can actually export almost everything on your own in reporting. Um, in which case, you just go to your reporting section and export your customers, your jobs, your even your timesheet entries, um, all your invoice items, stuff like that. Um, and if there's something you can't, you can typically just shoot us a message, and um, we'll help you get that. Um, so it depends on whether they give you one-click access to um, export your data, and if not, then you do need to go asking them. Um, And on occasion, we have found customers who are ready to sign up, but their old provider, I don't want to name names, um, uh, Zach is familiar, very familiar with one of them, wouldn't give them their data um, uh, to leave, and they just ignore their messages completely. Um, And I guess that's one way of retaining a a customer, uh, but it doesn't make them very happy, and so we try to avoid that. Uh, not keeping their data hostage but ultimately if you ask them for help they should be um, helping you export your data and ideally you can do it in either a csv or an excel file Um, and then we can reorganize it into um, our template format um, so we can help with that as well and then mass import it um, into FieldPulse so it's ready to go the other way is if you're using an accounting integration like quickbooks if you're already using that we can just sync with that and pull in your invoice items and your customers directly from there
0: so so with uh quickbooks you you mentioned quickbooks integration are you strictly qbo are you quickbooks desktop are you zero like what what do you work with
2: yeah so quickbooks online is really um, the main one we integrate with Um, we do have a a partial quickbooks desktop integration as well um, that I think we're gonna plan to build out a bit fully or a bit more, probably to the full extent of a sink, um, probably closer to the end of the year. Um, and uh, we actually have a big Australian presence growing from a large partnership. And so we have zero integration for Australia as well. Um, but all these integrations are tricky and they have their own little nuances but it's a, it's a important thing for us. So we spend a lot of time and we have a developer dedicated to the integration, um, and whether it's looking for edge cases and adapting it, uh, trying to create, um, what we call, uh, guardrails so that even if people do things wrong in their QuickBooks, we can catch it and adapt to it. Um, or simply keeping up to date, um, and, and with changes that QuickBooks or zero might be making. Um, but, uh, but it's a big thing for our customers. They always want their QuickBooks synced properly. Um, but unfortunately we often find that they don't set up their own stuff correctly. Um, and so we, we help as much as we can, um, to to sort that out in fact our head of what a
0: customer didn't
2: do something right yeah no <laughs> we'll, we'll find some pretty crazy stuff in their quickbooks accounts like they'll they'll create jobs as customers in their quickbooks and then they'll find that sinking over and then they'll wonder why job names are in their customer profiles and stuff like that um and I feel like our team goes above and beyond to try and help sort out issues as much as we can, and we're always proactively trying to build in these safeguards to catch issues ahead of time um, and get them back on path with the integration.
0: So what um what sets you guys apart? Like I mean, there's just I, I don't know. I can think we probably we probably went through six different companies before we ended up where we were. Um, you know, we have an integration with dispatch me, um, into our current provider and, uh, it, it, it is kind of like daunting. Um, and I know why we ended up where we ended up. So what, like, what sets you apart?
2: Yeah, I think you need to look at, um, what segments the different software providers really play in mainly. Um, so if you look at service Titan, they won't even sell to companies under, I think, like six or seven trucks. Um, like even if you're willing to pay the very high fees, um, they won't even sell to you. Um, and so, obviously, their their segment is just larger and different, um, and and the application will be more geared towards that company size. And so, for us, we're geared towards the smaller end of the market. Our application is designed for that, and we focus on that. And that changes things in terms of layouts. Um, how you organize your teams, how you view your schedules uh, are more catered towards these smaller companies rather than needing to dispatch for hundreds of employees. Um, and then outside of that, you have different interfaces, different ways of um, accessing your data. And so across the board, people might just have a preference. But where I think we're very different than others are really the customer support. Um, and I think that's one of the top Comments you hear about Field Pulse is the top customer support and something we really pride ourselves on. Um, is really doing whatever we can to fix the issue, um, and it's uh, it's it's across the team. We have people outside of our support organization that end up helping, um, and our head of product who leads our product team. He probably talks to customers two hours a day, and I have to get him off the phone. Um, and he half the time he's like redoing their QuickBooks for them to get it properly. Uh, and to some extent, we almost go too far to to help some customers um, try to save them from themselves. But I'd say our customer support, um, the speed of it, the knowledge of our team members, um, and I think the the genuine interaction with them um, is what a lot of people value about Field Pulse.
1: One of the things that I'm hearing you say, um, Gabriel, is that. For someone new to the new to owning a business that's looking to grow, Field Pulse would be a good fit for them because you guys are hands on. You're all about customer service, and you know if you have one or two trucks on the road, it's a really good fit. And then y'all can you know they can grow with Field Pulse.
2: Yeah, we have single man shops, um, some that plan to operate as single man shops or husband and wife shops. Permanently and they don't want to grow and then we have others that are new businesses that plan to grow and want to get their processes in place Um, And we're always happy to help uh, formulate your process and teach you the best practices from what we see and using the software so that you are ready to take on um, new team members and really grow your business and uh, we try to help as much as we can and so we have also data sources, like a cost basis, uh, to try and really teach you how you should be looking at your business beyond the fact of operating um, the trade aspect of it, which we we expect you to know to do well, That's your specialty is a trade, uh, but often the business aspect is new. And so, if you look at a lot of small businesses, small contractors, and you ask them, hey, do you know how much profit you're making on that job or that job, they can't answer that. Um, and so a lot of what we teach with our software that you can do are things like tracking your cost basis on invoices, uh, to really look at your profit margin. How much are you actually making? How profitable is this job versus that type of job, um, different team members, how much time they're taking really everything across the board to really learn how to operate as a business and not just a trade.
0: And that's all in some type of reporting tab, I assume in the app or web portal, or ho- how do you access?
2: Yeah, so that, is, um, that aspect is actually in two different places. So it does show up in your reporting, <clears throat> so all your invoices, it also tracks the cost. So when you're adding line items um, and you're, you're upcharging uh, replacement parts or any, any material you're using, um, and, and even your labor, you need to be tracking your labor if you're an owner-operator, because um, you need to be looking at an income that you're taking as a salary, but your business should also have a profit margin on top of your own salary. Um, because as you're growing a business and maybe something you want to sell, you have to have a business margin and not just always salary, take home pay for yourself. Uh, and that's something I could talk a, a lot about <laughs> separately. Um, but it all starts with how you look at your cost, how you look at how you charge customers, how you build them and really analyzing your costs and profit. And so we also have a tab for cost basis. That's directly on the invoice where as you're creating line items, adding them, you're attaching the unit costs of the actual items, but you can also um, add additional expenses. So the idea is that you really capture um, all of the costs of your job, and you don't have to show that on your quote or invoice to the customer. These are things that you can hide, but it's important to capture them so that when you look at the end of the day at that invoice, you can see the real profit margin um, and look and look at the job.
0: So what ways do you guys integrate? I mean obviously you're talking service based industry so I assume you have some type of app um, are you on all the platforms some of the platforms how does that how does that lay out for you
2: guys yeah in terms of like where where our app sit so we have iOS app an Android app a computer web app um, and those are all native and independently designed um, and uh, we're actually redoing our mobile apps um, and uh, we just had a big speed increase from migrating a database Um, so we're always evolving the application Um, we're looking at it not only short-term feature enhancements and upgrades but really long-term infrastructure um, because as you get older with software, um, things become new and fresh and can make things faster they can make things faster in terms of the application actually running, but also your development lifecycle. Um, and we don't want to become an outdated company. There's some software companies in the space, um, that are now basically being bought out for, not great uh, not great multiples because they stayed a desktop application um, and they didn't modernize they didn't create mobile applications they didn't create web-based applications um, and they didn't stay with the time so it's important for us to always be updating our infrastructure and the way we build things along with new features so that we can continue building at a faster pace so um, and one thing we're doing is consolidating our mobile applications so that we can build that faster and deliver more features and value for our customers moving forward Uh, but but product development is a big part of what we do and what we continue to do
0: do you guys have like a facebook support community or anything anything like that
2: yeah um so we have uh we have a facebook page and we have all those pages um funny enough a lot of our audience built up on facebook was from from humor pages over the year and different, um, humor posts and memes and stuff like that. And it's very popular with the trades. Uh, but any, any type of communities typically, um, either direct support with us or we have an internal community, um, of pulse pros, which are certain customers, um, that create an internal community on Facebook. That's actually hidden. It's not available to the public. Um, and that's, and that's a community where we'll, Um, not only take their feedback, but also invite them to beta test new things and get feedback before things are released and launched um, from certain team members. Awesome.
1: Let me ask you this, because this is a big thing that I'm working on in 2021. Just to tell you a little bit about me and my business, I am a uh, now three-man show, me, my partner, and one technician. Uh, We just recently hired two more apprentices to train. Um, And one big thing that we are running into now is inventory issues. Um, Tracking inventory, keeping up with inventory, um, you know, and as we grow, we wanna make sure that we have proper systems in place. Does Field Pulse offer any type of inventory tracking or anything like that?
2: Yeah, we do. So um, we let you track inventory against invoice items. So basically in the backend system, when you'll order new materials or anything like that, um, you'll get the items and you'll add the quantity of what you have on hand. Um, and as you uh, use those items in an invoice, it will deduct it from your inventory. Once you actually invoice it out to the customer, basically saying that's been used and it's deducting from inventory. Um, one thing we'll be doing in the next few months is is actually doing that a bit more robust um, and uh, letting you segment out your inventory into different vehicles and different trucks because um, often, If you're a little larger, um, you may need to actually divide your inventory up depending on what vehicle it's on or who has access to what inventory. Um, So we're going to come up with a system that lets you actually um, pick what vehicle or what truck or what pod or whatever you want to call that. Um, It could be different locations, whatever it is, of where you're drawing inventory so it can be more accurate because otherwise, what you also end up finding sometimes is that um, you might be pulling from a generic inventory, but it might be one vehicle that's actually one just lost it and the other one actually used it. And so you wouldn't actually know which one <laughs> properly took it. Um, so the better you can match your inventory to location and, and people is, is key because ultimately people are what's what is managing that inventory and that's where it goes missing. That's where things get mishandled, lost, whatever. And that's where you need to track.
1: And does your software offer a um, an alert when it gets to a certain number? So like certain soft inventory softwares, when it gets down, you can set the number, but let's say when you get down to two of this part, does it send
2: out an alert or anything like that? No, it does not, but it's a good idea. Um, and we're actually, we have a very good partnership with um, a supplier. And so one of the things we're working on with them is is integration with their purchase ordering system. This is actually a different industry, but um, so part of what we're going to be doing in phase two with them is tying the purchase orders back into the inventory, in which case that kind of plays a role again. So when you're when you're looking to replenish inventory with the purchase order, like you said, you'd get a notification saying, "Hey, you're low with X Y Z. Let's create a new purchase order um, to go replenish your inventory." Uh, but at this time, no.
0: Is so is that on a like per location basis currently or you're you're looking to build that out still?
2: Yeah, so currently it's it's a generic um inventory for your for your company, but eventually we're gonna let you create pods uh, and we're gonna keep it generic in its name most likely. So cause some people might identify their grouping by trucks, they might identify it by person, they might identify it by location. So being able to group your inventory into different whatever you want to call it, uh, will let you manage it really how you want to make it flexible. Uh, Because one thing we want to do when we design this software um, is try and keep it flexible because we realize um, people just do things differently. They call things differently. Um, they structure things a bit differently. And you could look at two, uh, two five-man appliance repair companies, and they might do things very differently in terms of naming, convention, how they operate, who rides together, how many people are at a job, whether they're using apprentices or everyone's on their own. Um, and so it changed a lot of the structure of the application in general. And so we try to keep things flexible so that people can make it work for them
0: do you guys have some type of um i know one of the things that's worked well for us is online booking um the ability for customers to punch in all their information and then whether it actually physically schedules them right then and there or it drops them into a notification where we can contact them having that ability 24 7 has gained us more customers than
2: if we didn't have it per se yeah, definitely. And so, for us, it's uh, it's two different components. Um, one is the booking portal, um, which is more direct to what you're saying. And basically, there's a calendar where they can pick through that and then schedule appointment directly. Or they can just submit a service request, which comes in as a generic, here's my information, this is what I want to do, please call me and schedule it. Um, and we also have what we call a customer portal, where um, if you send your customer a unique URL, um, that's specific to them, they can then access their historical uh, jobs, invoice estimates, projects, whatever, um, and and look at anything there and they can make payments. Um, and so if they, if they need to see historical information about what you maybe repaired for them in the past, especially if you keep appliance information, if you update what parts were done and you keep notes and attach them, it can be valuable for the customer to look through that customer portal and be able to go back um, and see, okay, this is what we did previously and um, that's who did the job, whatever. And um, I think in general, keeping things digital and keeping things emailed to customers can be important. Um, And I think one thing people don't realize is that when they're going back to, Um, find the company who previously did work, Uh, the first thing they probably look at is their email. They might not remember your name, um, but they might search like appliance repair or whatever. And so having email records to them, having booking uh, booking schedules and stuff, doing calendar reminders, anything that can come up in their email search that ties back to you and, and remembers that it's yours can be really valuable in getting their business again uh, when they don't remember your name. And I think that some people don't realize is that um, people forget who who serviced their stuff last, but sometimes a quick email search can, can uh, find out who that is.
0: Keep them top of mind for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we have that. Um, and we get, it's, I I don't know if you've experienced this, but we have like the 40, 50 somethings that are like, I don't have email. And you just kind of look at them. You're like, you, you, you have TV and internet. Like you, you have email, you have email. Um, and then you get the 90 year old grandma with four email addresses. So
1: you know what would be a really cool feature, and I don't know if um, my, my headphones went out for a second, so I don't know if you just mentioned this. You may have. But what would be a really cool feature for a um, dispatch software is if there is some way since you already have all that information, customer emails, things like that for the people within your organization that are using your software to send out mass emails to all their customers with promotions,
2: promotions, reminders, Merry Christmas, whatever. No, definitely. And I think every service business should be doing that. And so our approach currently, and we're actually, I think possibly this year, maybe next year, build a module for marketing. But currently the way we teach customers to do this is, um, so you have your customer list. We let you create custom fields. We let you create custom tags, um, different statuses, stuff like that. Use those statuses, custom tags and custom fields to segment your customer base based off whatever criteria you want. Then one click export your customer list. Um and take that into something like MailChimp, which is a free provider. Um, and then you can do your email marketing and you can have your segmented list. And so you might say, okay, if you do type of maintenance work, you might say, okay, these are customers that had this type of work, so they're gonna get this type of email. And all you have to do is use our tags in the system to tag them as that. And then you can export that and use that for email marketing. And so, right now, um, kind of like I said, you, we we have you export it and use something like MailChimp. But in the future, we're likely going to uh, build something in Field Pulse that lets you do the email marketing directly from Field Pulse. Um, likely as a separate module, but also using a third party tool. Cause ultimately, um, you have to be very careful when you're doing mass emailing, not to get on, on spam lists. Um, and you want to be careful with your email address. So like
0: MailChimp or something
2: like that. Like, yeah, yeah. So the, we, we already started looking at it. We might, we might just do a very deep integration with one. Um, or we could be using a platform cause ultimately, um, email sending is very tricky. And uh, we want to make sure that deliverability is good. And so right now MailChimp specializes in that. So use that uh, until we have the right integration partner or white labeled solution ready uh, within the system.
0: So one of the things we experience as appliance guys um, is we may go out to a call and not have a part or, um, you know, it could be a customer not wanting a schedule so there's a couple different ways that that works out but do you have the ability to pause a job create a segment um put a unconfirmed appointment in as kind of like a place marker you know how how do you guys handle that in your software
2: yeah there's definitely different ways to do it and it kind of depends on how the customer wants to handle it. So you can put a job in pending status, um, you can duplicate a job so they can cancel that one out and just duplicate it and rescheduled for another time. Uh, you can just move the job. It really depends on how they want to handle, where they want to shift the data and stuff like that. Um, we also have a, a purchase order module. So you can create purchase orders of, um, of what you need for that job. So let's say you are doing the initial job and maybe the initial one ends up being a quote for the customer. Um, you can then turn that into a purchase order and then later relate that back to the new job that you're doing later on. And with our purchase ordering system, so one, it integrates to that one supplier we have a partnership with, but if you don't have the integration with that supplier, um, you can use the purchase order system um, a to just track your purchase orders and see where they are, how they arrive. Um, manually track the status, update tracking um, numbers and IDs and stuff like that. And you can actually use it to generate a PDF to actually send to your supplier. And so some people do that; they'll they'll create PDF from Field Pulse purchase order system and just send that to their supplier to submit their purchase order. Um, and then get the replies and updates and update it back in Field Pulse. Uh, and then ultimately, you're creating a second job later on to go complete the work once you've got um, the supplies or materials you need.
0: Very cool. TK, you got any more questions? I
1: have several more and I'll try to get through them as quick as possible. <laughs> you kind of touched on the one that's huge. The fact that you can put a pending job as pending and it does see the problem with the software I'm using right now is we can't put a pending job in. Like once we schedule it, it sends them an email, it sends them a text message, it lets them know we're coming and then half the time they don't call back and confirm. So my CSR is pulling her hair out because of that. Um, uh, here's another big one for me. How quickly does your software update to text in the field? Because something that we've noticed is oftentimes if one of our techs doesn't go in and refresh their screen or something like that, we'll get a lag. And then like, an, uh, you know, and our, our CSR is dropping in jobs all day long. So uh, how fast does it actually update to the technicians in the
2: field's phone or iPad or whatever? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've, I've only heard this. I wouldn't say it's a complaint, but kind of a suggestion where they want to be staring at the screen and it just update as it happens on the computer. Um, But on the mobile interface, typically, as long as you're at least moving from one page to the other, it's always refreshing and pulling the latest data. So I've never had someone say, why isn't this loading? Because anytime you're going even from one day to the next, it's going to pull any new data immediately. it's not, it, that hasn't really been an issue, unless you're literally on the same screen, just staring, waiting for it to load. Um, but uh, So I, I'm not sure how, how that ends up being an issue in yours, unless the loading mechanism is a bit different and maybe it only loads if you manually refresh. But ours is, ours is pulling new information all the time as you're navigating the application and opening up new screens. So it's rare that you don't have the latest data. So to answer your question, for the most part, it's immediate.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I've had it so bad several times on mine and my partner where we actually had to reset our device to have it show up. Like, it's it's just a glitch. I don't know if it's a glitch in the app or a glitch in the software, but um, wow. it was
2: very frustrating. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes software can do crazy things um, and also depends on... Um, your reception and stuff like that. And it could could be how they do a loading mechanism, how many times they hit the server, things like that. Um, But when you're out in the field, you really want it instant, right? And uh, it's frustrating, especially when you're in front of a customer and you're trying to, let's say, create a quote or invoice and it's not loading and where your items aren't loading, it's very frustrating. So it's important that things are loading quickly, um, immediately and accurately. Um, And that's why we just spent uh, the last five months doing, um, a, a larger migration simply to address speed, to make it really fast. Um, even when you don't have great reception.
0: So, um, kind of follow up to that would be, do you guys have some sort of offline mode local cashy kind of thing going on or no?
2: Yeah, we do to some extent. Um, so, we we cache a decent amount of standard data like the the schedule for the day, recent customers. Um, in an ideal world, you'd be able to create do all the actions you want, and then have it cache and then upload once you get reception. Um, I don't think anyone in the space does that. It's it's difficult. Um, and uh, it, it becomes especially difficult for estimates and invoices because you're using um, your invoice item list. Um, and the problem is some people's invoice items list, some people's customer lists are 10,000 long. And um, you often can't store that locally without uh, the download actually timing out. Um, so it's it's not the easiest thing to do yet. I think, th- I think some protocols are getting better in app development to let you do it better. Uh, part of... Our, our, our plan to hybridize our mobile apps together. We're, we're re-looking at it, um, localization, and we think we're going to do it better. Uh, but we think there's always going to be room to improvement until the point where you can basically do everything and all of a sudden it sinks when you get back. Um, but it's not easy to do.
0: Yeah. I've chatted with engineers. I, I've sat with, um, some really, really smart guys out in California and yeah, it's, I mean, they walked me through the steps to be able to do that and it's not an easy task. Um, but unfortunately for those of us in the service industry, we sometimes find ourselves in the boondocks with no Wi-Fi, no mobile service, no nothing. And you go, I just want this job to be paid. Like
2: I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes you, you need the internet, right? So for us to take a payment, um, we're not allowed to, we're not allowed to store credit card numbers. Um, so we have to stay out of PCI compliance. And so for us, um, we're, we're letting you put the card number directly into a field from our payment provider. Um, and then it runs immediately. So that needs internet to be able to run the charge. Um, oh, so some things we just can't even do. And, like, and when you're generating PDFs of your estimates and invoices, we're generating that PDF on the cloud in our servers. Um, and so the problem is if, if you need to do it local, <clears throat> just hypothetically, if, if we wanted to be able to create PDFs of an invoice locally, we'd have to create it. Um, not only in the cloud like we do, but then we'd have to create a local version for iOS and then a local version for Android. And then they'd always have to stay in sync. Um, so some things are just almost impossible to do without significant, significant engineering efforts. Um, but I think I think we have, we have one thing we're working on that might make that possible in the next year um, by by working around PDFs and actually having the code stored locally um, because we are very cognizant of, um, the need for offline mode. And that is something customers bring up a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I have to do it. I, I like, I mean, you're talking to someone who understands that there is logistical encoding nightmares involved with that, but I have to, I have to poke the needle, um, wherever I can, whenever I talk to guys like you, just, you know, offline mode offline. No,
2: mode. it's, it's definitely important. And I think, and and we have room for improvement and, and we'll improve there.
0: Awesome. Well, so guys, that was uh, Gabriel from field pulse. That was, that was really informative. Um, we will drop a link to the demo that he sent to us, um, in the description below. Um, and Gabriel has kindly, kindly um offered our listeners a discount we don't know what that's going to look like but there'll be a link for you um in the description as well um we're going to be working with our team um at so at time of recording we don't know how that's going to look but by the time this recording is out that's going to be in the description down below for you guys so um that was an awesome episode you got any final thoughts on this tk
1: i have several i actually wish this podcast was going a little bit longer because i have more to ask this man but i'm going to be reaching out to you guys personally just just for my own personal um questions that i have and i just want to thank you for coming on um look forward regardless of whether the appliance guys and richmond appliance guys networks with you as far as using field pulse um Regardless, I look forward to networking with you and your company in the future through the appliance Alliance podcast and everything. And uh, hopefully we can promote you here. Cause I, I'll be honest, I'm impressed. I think, I think it's awesome. And I think it's awesome that guys, there's a lot of guys in the apprentice group. I don't know if you know this, I run an, an apprentice group for brand new guys that are just coming into the field that are just starting their businesses. And this is a solid option for you guys. This is a, you know, we didn't talk numbers go, go to field pulse and talk the numbers. But at the end of the day, um, give the listeners just an idea of what they'd be talking about a month for a guy with one truck on the road.
2: Yeah. It uh, starts at 65 bucks a month, which includes your first user. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the cost. Um, and, uh, that basically all features except our integrated phone system, which is an additional cost. Um, trying to think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you're getting the full system for $65. And, have, and we're uh, going to work that down a little bit on the back end.
2: For the first user, yeah. And then additional users, there's more. But for one-man shop, it's that. And, uh, hey, I mean, if you look at Service Titan, I think they're $300 per user or something like that.
1: Yeah,
0: they're crazy expensive.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I
1: they're think it's a great expensive. option. To- <laughs> And I definitely have some questions off air I'm going to be hitting you up about uh, or hitting somebody up about front field, pulse, because it, it, might, it might be
2: the answer to my problems. All right. That sounds good. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you, Gabriel. All right, guys, that has been the Appliance Alliance podcast, episode number seven. We thank you for tuning in. We hope that you will like, comment, subscribe, and share. Keep in mind, we have that Patreon for you, and uh, with this new platform that is premiering today, Uh, there's going to be some cool Patreon stuff coming. You might be able to be an audience member while we are recording and get to, you know, send your own comments, uh, in the chat while this is going on. Um, and also some live streaming options. So there's some cool stuff coming. Uh, stay tuned and share us. Appliance Alliance podcast signing off.